morning, good afternoon, good evening, Juggalos, Juggalettes, and those who don't identify as such. This is Mike from Juggalo Judgment, but this is not Juggalo Judgment. It's kind of weird, isn't it? You got this episode coming out on a week that we wouldn't be having a new episode come out. And why is that, you ask? Well, way back whenever we started doing Juggalo Judgment, we were doing this every week. And it was fine for a while, but then it got a bit taxing on us, so we decided to uh, split it up and do it every other week. Don't get me wrong, doing the podcast every week was fun, but sometimes it was just a little bit taxing trying to listen to a brand new album every week. And because of that, we kind of just burned ourselves out a little bit. I wasn't able to listen to the new music that I wanted to as frequently because we had to force ourselves to do those listens. So, that's all fine and dandy. Not a big deal. But, recently, I've been growing a bit restless. And I've been listening to other podcasts recently, most notably Beneath the Dirt by Roan Bone. Go ahead and check him out. His stuff is amazing. And I thought, I can do that too. So, I think I'm going to. These are going to be solo episodes that I do on our off weeks. I intend to record them either a day or two ahead of time. And I'm going to try and put them out on these Sundays opposite our normal weeks. Now, I can't guarantee that they're always going to be on Sundays. They might come out on Mondays. It just depends on how busy I am. But this is something to help break up the two weeks that you have to waste uh, in between our normal episodes. Now, what are we going to be doing with these? Well, the biggest thing is there's times in our regular episodes where we will talk and talk and talk before we get into the actual album that we're discussing. Sometimes these talks are 15 minutes long, sometimes they're close to a half hour, but that is time that we're just taking away from the actual topic at hand. The other thing is, is some of the stuff that we talk about is for specific events that are coming out. And because we tend to record a couple episodes ahead of time, sometimes that information that we give is outdated by the time you actually hear it. So I'm going to try and cut down on the idle chatter in the beginning of our regular Juggalo Judgment episodes, and I'm going to try and condense that to these. Uh, these episodes are going to be where I talk about new projects that are coming out from Psychopathic and Magic Ninja or artists that I like in general. I'm going to talk about new albums that I've gotten because I want to. These are CDs that either A, may never come up in Juggalo Judgment because they're not artists we would cover, or they are albums that we won't talk to, talk about rather for six years, seven years maybe. Not kidding when I say that we have that much in our backlog that we'll be working to. Um, and I also, every now and then, want to maybe discuss specific topics of interest. It might be... Well, I won't spoil that yet, because I do have some ideas, but those will be saved for another time. These are going to be solo, just with me, but there could be the opportunity for guests to come on if these actually take off. So we'll see how that goes. The editing on these might not be as good 
as actual Juggalo Judgment because this is being all done by me. I am not going to have Shmeev do any more work than he already does with Juggalo Judgment. Trust me, this show would not be at the point where it is had it not been for him. So I'm going to try and handle these the best that I can. If they sound a little bit lower quality, I'm sorry, but I will try and improve on that as time goes on. And the name of this, I was thinking about this for a while. I can't have it be Juggalo Judgment, because it's not. This is totally different. And uh, I had a couple ideas pop up, and I know you told me not to say it, but I'm going to. Uh, our listener, Dustin, came up with Mic Check. It's so stupid and silly and simple, but I absolutely love it. So that's what this is. So every other week, you're going to have an episode of Mic Check. Let's get started. As it stands, I'm recording this on uh, Friday, October 2nd, and let's see what's been coming out recently. Well, we know about ICP doing a Patreon service for this month, where they'll be doing streams three nights a week for the entire month. There will be every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday, I think is what they are. And these are from 9 p.m. to midnight. There's different subjects every week. We're getting stuff like tours of significant areas of ICP's childhood and their actual, like, significant areas from their history. Like the first venue that they ever sold out places where they actually grew up. I think they're actually going to, like, Shaggy and, and Jay's old houses from when they were little kids. So we're getting that. We're getting the seminar that we would have had at the gathering. We're getting a Q&A session where no questions are off limits, so can't wait to see how many people are going to ask about m and &E. It's bound to happen. We know it's going to happen. Let's be real here. There's going to be a night of JCW, I believe. I think that's the 19th. I could be wrong. There's going to be a night where they're going to be in the studio with Straight Jacket, and you're going to be able to help choose subjects for them to make songs on. It's basically you produce ICP. I think you choose the beat and you choose the subject matter. Uh, it looks like they're going to be doing that to a vote. So it's interesting. It's a nifty little concept. And uh, at the end of it all, they'll actually get those tracks put on a CD that you're going to get at the end of the month if you sign up for this Patreon service. So we're getting that. You're going to get the first of the Ultra 5 mega show thing coins that they announced earlier this year. These are the five coins that once you get all five, you get a special Juggalo ID card that gives you a bunch of benefits. I can see people skipping on this Patreon and then kicking themselves in the ass when they need that final coin and seeing these coins go for maybe three or four digits in the future. Um, we're also getting Hallow Wicked, but it's going to be an acoustic Hallow Wicked in Violent J's living room. I don't know how they're going to do this, but we'll see. It could be really interesting. It could be very stupid. I did hear, if I remember correctly, I think that they did an acoustic set. Wasn't it like it's South by Southwest or something? I can't remember for the life of me, but I distinctly remember them saying 
or doing something along that, the lines of that before, but we'll see. There are limited tickets for all of these events too, but they're doing them bid style, like an eBay style, on their Psychopathic Vault site. I've seen some of these tickets go for outrageous amounts. It's not worth it in my opinion because it's not like these tickets are going to charity or anything. They're just going in ICP's pockets. Maybe it's rude for me to say that because of the current climate that we're in right now, but I don't know. I don't know. If you haven't signed up for the Patreon yet, I'm thinking you probably still can, but it's $66.50 before... Technically, I think it's before tax, but it might be before shipping because you do get some physical goodies by the end of the month. So it it's it's costly, but from what it sounds like, it's going to be worth it. It also sounds like this um, these streams hopefully will be available after they air live for the patrons, which I really hope is the case because I may not be able to watch all of them right as they happen. I definitely want to watch Hello Wicked. I really want to watch the seminar one. Um, and I really want to see the, um, the one where they're asking some questions because I'm very curious what's going to pop up there. Moving on, MNE has announced a lot of new music coming out in this month. So we have two confirmed albums with already announced release dates. Uh, we have Alazolalu releasing their second official LP on MNE with the Mausoleum. That'll be coming out on Friday the 16th. And we have Blazed Dead Homie with Cadaver coming out on Devil's Night right on the 30th. Now, Alazolalu has released two songs off of this, tr- uh, this album so far. The second one just came out today as time of recording. And the first one I thought was okay because... I was not really sure how to feel about it, and maybe it's something that sounds better with the entire album. This new track, which is called Life, which I think, I believe it stands for Let It Fucking End, is a fucking banger. It is just shy of three minutes long, and that's all they need. Production is perfect for what I want, and they sound gritty. It's really good. I definitely recommend checking it out. So we have Axe. Blaze's Cadaver coming out at the end of the month. This marks his first official album since 2016 with the Casket Factory. And this is typical of Blaze. He tends to release albums every three or four years. That has always been the case. The quickest turnaround that Blaze has ever had has been between 2000 and 2001 with One Last G and his original EP. So this is normal. So far, we've gotten one song from it. I think another track is being released on, I think, the 9th. That sounds about right. But the first track, it's short. It's actually the first track of the album. So actually, technically, we've heard two tracks from this record because they did put the song They Say, which was released last year. Now, that song has Jelly Roll on it. It was originally put on the Graveyard Great CD, but I did check, and that album was not put up for streaming. So the only way that you would have heard that album per se is if you bought it directly from MNE store. They did have the track on its own available for streaming, so I'm sure people have heard it, but the fact is is Jelly Roll has been increasing in popularity, especially in the last year uh, with him releasing an album on Strange. Actually, he's got another album coming out 
on strange technically the it goes up uh distribution which is strange essentially so it doesn't make uh it's it's not really a surprise that they're putting this song on this album as well because that will also help cadaver streams if you think about it so yeah that's two confirmed albums and album releases for this month however mne has said that there's going to be some more stuff we're supposed to have new music from Twisted. Whether they're releasing a new album, I don't know. They did just release a new song last week called Rose Petal, which is going to be on their rock album that's going to come out in the first quarter of 2021. It reminds me, the chorus itself reminds me of Magic Spells because it's got a bit of a uplifting chorus, but the rest of it kind of reminds me of Flem in the Windpipe. It's an interesting kind of combination of the two, but... I really do like it. I think the production on their rock stuff that they're trying to go with nowadays is a lot tighter than what they had. It's way tighter than what they had back on 2005's Mutant, but it's even a step up from what we got on the Mutant remix and remaster that we got, uh, was that in 2015, I think? So I am impressed with it, and I'm looking forward to seeing what else they come up with. Allegedly, Boondocks might also be releasing an album this month. We know that Crimson Crow is ready for release this fall, but they haven't actually confirmed if it's going to be in October or November. Regardless, we haven't heard any new music from it. He's been doing projects with Buckshot for the better part of about a year and a half, maybe two years now. Uh, they've been working together pretty consistently with some EPs, and, uh, and some singles here and there. They do some of their best work together, to be completely honest. So we have those. HOK is going to be releasing a new single sometime soon. Not sure if they're going to release a full project. People clearly want it, but I think that... I, I think that... Not ICP, my God. I think the Twisted are basically just holding off until they can't anymore. It's just... It's, that's going to happen. We know it's going to happen. I don't have the same emotional ties to HOK as a lot of other people do, but that's because I got into Twisted so much later than everybody else. So I listen to some HOK and I understand the appeal, but it's not quite for me. That said, newer tracks that they've come out with in recent years, like Monstrosity from A New Nightmare, like Death for Anyone Who... Those tracks are phenomenal. I think that ROC does some of his best work when he's with Twisted. So it's really sad whenever I didn't care for him on his own so much. But I really do think that he does some good music when he's paired up with somebody else. Whether that's Blaze with Zodiac Imprint or Twisted for HOK. There's supposed to be a Halloween-themed CD also coming out on MNE. But no actual details have come out about that. Obviously, it'll probably be out before Halloween. I would be surprised if they announce it and have it be on the same day as Blazer Dead Homies Cadaver. I haven't ordered any of the MNE stuff just yet because I'm trying to see what they're doing to try and save myself some shipping. It's frustrating, man. It's very, very frustrating when you're trying to save a little bit of cash by ordering the stuff all at once. But... We'll see. We'll see what happens. This is also the 20th anniversary of Bizarre Bizarre by ICP and Freak Show. And from what it sounds like, Twisted do have plans for Freak Show. 
I heard something about one of the members of Axe he had posted on social media that he laid something down on a classic Twisted track. Now me, I looked at this and thought, they're doing something to remix Freak Show. I don't know if Twisted got the masters for Freak Show whenever they uh, were doing those deals with ICP. I think the only ones that they got the actual masters for were Mutant and I think the Green Book as well. Basically, any of the stuff that they got to put out in stores again, like those, they may have gotten Abominations, they may have gotten Wicked, I'm not fully sure. They'll never get the Masters to Most Tasteless, they'll probably never get the Masters for Man's Myth or anything like that, I don't know. But Freak Show would be one that I think that they would need to get to do anything else with them. However, Fritz the Cat did produce pretty much all of that, and he's linked back up with MNE, so who knows? Who knows? We had them remake the beat for How Does It Feel on Continuous Evolution, so maybe you can just remake the beats that were on Freak Show. It'd be kind of cool if the other members of MNE just rapped over those old beats, similar to what we had with uh, the DJ Clay mixtapes. Shaggy Tootup had a really, really good remix of Fall Apart on the first Let Him Bleed. So, it's not, it's not outside the realms of possibility. I think that's all I can think about as far as stuff that's been announced. Back on ICP real quick, we do know that they're going to announce the next Joker's card. At some point during these streams. If I had to guess, it's going to be the end of Hella Wicked. I don't think they're going to give that away at the seminar. I don't think they're going to give it away at the Q&A session. I think that they're going to hold off. Whether they show the face of the Joker card, I don't know. I think that they'll probably hold off on that. But they did say they're going to announce the name. we got to remember that back whenever Fearless Fred Fury came out, it was announced that the name of that next Joker's card was in the lyrics of Fearless Fred Fury. And nobody figured it out. To my knowledge, ICP have not confirmed that anybody got it correct. A bunch of people tried figuring it out, and ICP said no to all of them. And I think that was at the gathering last year. So... A lot of people thought that it involved the word brother because we just hear the word brother a lot. They used the Hulk Hogan sample that was put in the Brother EP a couple times on Fearless Fred Fury. What I thought would have been cool was this is the fifth Joker's card of the second deck. So it's going to parallel the Jekyll Brothers. I think it's time to have the first female Joker's card. And I would like it to be a Jekyll sister. Now, what her purpose would be with Jake and Jack, I don't know. But it would be kind of nifty to just trip that up. That said, ICP never go back and talk about the old Joker's cards. So I highly doubt that they're going to actually do something like that. I think the only time they ever really referenced any of the prior ones was on the actual Wraith album. I can't remember the song, but they did mention, I think it was the Great Malenko 
and the Ringmaster with the Wraith. I think that was what it was. So, is it unlikely? Yeah. Do I want it? Yeah. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of stuff that can that can happen during those streams. I'm really looking forward to it. Let's see. What else? What's coming out? I talked about the M&E ones. I mentioned Jelly Roll's got a new album coming out on the 16th. The 16th has a lot of stuff, honestly. Jelly Roll's got his second album of the year coming out on It Goes Up Entertainment. Or It Goes Up Distribution. I don't know. It's technically put out by Str <clears throat> Strange Music. So, that's all that matters. He's just not wearing a snake and bat chain. <laughs> that's all that matters. So that comes out on the 16th. Keyed Up, which is a side project that Winnie Payton does, is also coming out on the 16th. So, you can go ahead and get your pre-orders on there. Ritz! Oh man, I forgot about this. Ritz comes out with an album on uh, Friday the 9th. Picture Perfect, which has the title track, is already out with Tech 9 And I just heard it, and it is really good. It's really good. I'm a big fan of Ritz. Been a fan of him for a while. I think probably right whenever it was announced he got signed by Strange is when I really took a deep dive on Ritz. And yeah, I've seen him in concert a few times, and dude is awesome. Dude is awesome. I love it. He's probably one of the few real success stories outside of Strange that isn't Tech 9 Straight up. Dude is just good on his own. He seems to get a lot of respect from the hip-hop community nowadays. And obviously, it helps that he had ties with Yellow Wolf, but dude's just good. Dude is just good. And it's really refreshing to see. I was bummed whenever he left Strange Music, but... He's doing well on his own, and it, obviously there's no bad blood between him and Strange. So it's really cool to see them link up every now and then. So yeah, go ahead and check those out. Uh, is there anything else that I know of that's coming out? I don't. Everything that I know of has already been announced, and I've already mentioned it. So now, I don't know if this is a midway point for this episode or not. Um, all I know is that I want to basically talk until I got nothing else to talk about. And so I don't know if these episodes are going to be 15 minutes long. I don't know if they're going to be a half hour long. I don't know if they're going to be an hour long. I don't know if I'm just going to keep raining until my throat gets sore. I also want to point out that this episode is coming out a week after we put out our Hell's Pit episode. And uh, I just want you guys to know that that is my favorite episode that we've done so far. It is very near and dear to my heart. It sounds cheesy, but I want you to know that whenever we recorded that with Mitch, we talked for almost four hours. My throat was actually sore by the end of the day from talking for so long, and I could have kept talking. I really could have. It was such... It, it was a joy. It was a joy to do. It also showed me that Mitch is significantly better at podcasting than we are, and then I gotta practice, which is one of the reasons why I decided that I wanted to do this. I'm gonna try and stop saying um so much, because I know that I do, and I hate it. <laughs> That's my little aside here. Again, we got a lot of views, listens on that episode. If you're still listening because you jumped on on that episode, thank you so much. 
it really does mean a lot because this is just something that we do in our spare time. We don't get paid to do this or anything like that. But if you jumped on because you heard Mitch's episode and you want to see what else we are about, then thank you. That is my dog shaking in the background. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> it's quarter after 11 at night, so she's sleepy. <laughs> All right, moving on. I have a couple CDs that I want to talk about. Uh, I'm only holding two of them right now, but there's actually three. So I'm going to try and remember what the other one is. I think there's only three I want to talk about. First one's going to be Chris Calico. We have to remember that Chris Calico was not signed to Strange Music for a little bit. And we were put into a couple weeks of uncertainty. It really, really sucked. Because Chris Calico is probably my second favorite artist on Strange. Obviously, Tech 9 is number one, but Chris Calico is a significant part of why Tech 9 is so successful. I don't care if anybody believes it or not. It's the truth. Chris's last album, Go, was a work of fucking art. An actual work of fucking art. And yet I heard that he said that he was disappointed in how that turned out. And I don't understand it. Chris Calico is somebody who I think has improved pretty much with each album with one misstep. And I'll explain. Vitiligo, Chris starts out, we get it. This is Chris Calico. He can sing, he can rap. We got that. Genius, we get more of the singing, which is great because he has a wonderful voice. Shock treatment, he expands a little bit, we get a bit more of an electronic sound in his music, but he excels at it, and yet he makes it his own. Kicking and screaming, that album... Melding dubstep at the time, which a handful of rappers were starting to do, could have been a misstep, but it was not. Because chopping over those dubstep beats was such a smart idea. It was fucking brilliant. Kill Shit with Tech 9 and Twista is amazing. Unstable at the end. Amazing. It also has probably my favorite 816 Boys song. But then Son of Sam came out, and I remember pre-ordering it and getting the two sample tracks and hearing the intro track that was released as a video, getting so hype. And then I got the album, and I was disappointed. I remember way back when I had Tumblr, and I actually made a ranking of strange music albums for that year and chris calico was second to last now i don't have that tumblr active anymore so i can't go back and reference the actual post but i distinctly remember that he was second to last what was last you might ask cut calhoun because i did not like black gold sorry cut i'm just saying it was not for me but chris calico had, I think, such a massive plummet from what I thought was a brilliant album in Kicking and Screaming to just something that was mediocre at best. Are there great songs on Son of Sam? Yes. 
Yes, Middle Finger is a good song. Titties is funny as hell. We All Need Sex, not bad. But the rest of it just kind of left me wondering what happened after Kicking and Screaming. Which is why whenever Go came out, I was ecstatic, through the roof. That was a perfect melding of Chris on a technical level with rapping and his singing ability. It's great. And honestly, that album should have been pushed to mainstream radio. I don't care what anybody says about, you know, fuck the radio or anything like that. The fact is, is Chris Calico is one of the most versatile people on Strange Music and could be promoted for success. And yet they didn't do it. Maybe that's why he was disappointed in how Go turned out. I don't know. But he hadn't released an album since 2016, I think is when that came out. And then he was off of the label, technically. And then he re-signed. And then he did what Strange Music tends to do, which is put out these small four-track EPs digitally. And what happens whenever those come out? I don't listen to them. I hate these bite-sized chunks. I really do. Put out the album. While I don't fully understand how streaming works, yes, I'm old, I don't like getting these small chunks. I get, I totally get a single every now and then. You need to have singles to promote it. But when you're releasing three of these four-track EPs and then you decide to release the full album later, you're only giving me another three, four, or five songs. Why? Look at Above Waves. Strange could have promoted them to be their version of Maroon 5. They're talented. They're good. They released three of those four-track EPs and nothing else. We never got a physical album by them. But you're telling me that you're going to sign Saigon, who admittedly has albums under his belt, and immediately let him put out a physical EP. I don't get it. I'm going to jump off of that soapbox right now. That was definitely something that I want to talk about in the future, and maybe I'll get back to it. But that said, we did get a new Chris Calico album. So far, I've only listened to it once, and... Eh. I think that I got myself too hype for it. Maybe it's because I enjoyed Go so much when Chris didn't like it as much. And so he wanted to switch the styles. I almost feel like the people on Strange Music, Chris included have decided to just go with what is the popular style within rap music nowadays. It's almost as if he's sacrificed a bit of what made him unique as an artist, and it just comes off flat to me. It's disappointing because I genuinely enjoy Chris Calico's music, and I'm going to continue to support him. But, I don't want it to be because I like three or four songs on an album. I want to like the whole thing, and I can't force myself to do so. 
I do think that there's incredible tracks on there. Off the top of my head, I can remember that the recipe was really good. And there's a track with Jelly Roll and Mercules. Mercules? Mercules? I don't know his, I don't I don't know how to pronounce his name. But that track was hot. I liked it a lot. It was really fucking good. But I know I'll have to give it another listen through. But as it stands right now, it's something that I'm not going to continue to try and force upon myself. It used to be where I would listen to an album about three times at least and then start removing songs from my phone that I didn't like. It's harder to do that nowadays whenever I don't have quite as much free time, but I'm going to have to start forcing myself to do that. That's just what I used to do, and it worked really well for me, so I have to go back and do it. So Chris Calico, one day I'll go back to it. Promise. I remember another one that I just listened to, and I totally forgot about it. It's not, it's, it's not sitting near me. And that's Lex the Hexmaster. Uh, he just released his second of this four-part series that he's doing. Uh, this was the Haunted Mansion EP. And I remember when the first one came out, I think that was Party Castle. That came out and I listened to it because it's about 20 minutes long. I listened to it on a, on a drive to and from to grab some food and nothing really stuck around to me. I liked the last track a lot. But I only listened to it once and I was like, eh, I don't I don't care for it. I think that Lex is very talented. I think that MNE have something special with Lex. I really, really do. But while Contact was my favorite album that m put out in the year it was released, everything else has just been kind of okay. Beyond Redemption pissed me off because I thought the mixing was terrible, and I was actually having trouble hearing what Lex was saying. The Mr. Ugly mixtape was okay, and I thought the Holy Trinity EP was great, but everything after that has just been okay at best. Didn't care for Mr. Ugly 2, didn't care for Shadow King too much. Uh, the Strictly for My Ninjas mixtape was eh, okay. So when we were getting new quote-unquote original material, nothing that was mixtape based, I got excited. And the first one just kind of was there. It existed. Second one came out, Haunted Mansion, and I was blown away. I was super surprised. I was like, what the hell happened? How did I go from a couple months ago thinking that the first EP was trash and then this one's fucking great? I literally loved every song. So what I did was after I finished listening to the second one, I immediately put the first one back on. I thought maybe I didn't give this first one a fair shot. Maybe I needed to give it another immediate listen. And guess what? I changed my own mind. The first EP is really damn good. Now that said, there was, I think, one track that I didn't fully care for, and the chorus to Chill Mode is just not for me. But the rest of the album, I enjoyed it a lot. And then I went back and listened to Haunted Mansion, and I enjoyed it even more. So you know what? It was smart that I went and checked it out again because it was totally worth it. Maybe that's what I gotta do with Chris Calico. Maybe I have to listen to that. Maybe I have to listen to Go. Maybe I have to listen to Son of Sam. Maybe I have to listen to Kicking and Screaming. Or maybe I just gotta start from the beginning and just go all the way through. Maybe I'll just find out that there were tracks that I 
didn't give a fair shake back then, and now I enjoy them. So yeah, Licks, the two EPs that he's released this year, really damn solid. I look forward to the other two. Uh, now that I remembered those, let's go to the other two that are actually sitting in front of me and that I have the most recent knowledge of because I just listened to them last night. First one, Ouija Mac, Zodiac. So Ouija has now released four mixtapes in between Gutterwater and what will be Wasteland. Well, I take that back. He's released four mixtapes on his own. He also released the one EP with Starflox LaFleur, I think is their name. He has released the R.E.J. EPs, I think. And then he released the Whoop Whoop single. He he just released a lot of fucking stuff, yo. Just a lot of stuff. Ouija doesn't stop. And you know what? Props to him. But he hasn't released anything on Psychopathic since Gutterwater. We've had Water Damage. We've had Resistance. We've had Resistance 2. We've had... Oh, wait, man. Then it's been more than just four. Water Damage. Resistance. Resistance 2. Pretty Ugly. And Zodiac. I'm sorry. This is the fifth mixtape. Holy fuck. The fifth solo mixtape that he has done. I don't care for it. Sorry. I'm finding that I totally love what Ouija Mac does. I fully get behind the grind. And I don't dislike him as a person. Everything I've seen on social media, he seems like a really cool dude. I hated the videos that he used to do whenever he was at, like, Walmart or whatever and being on the shopping carts and doing stuff. And that's because I worked at Walmart and he'd be a person that would really piss me off if he was at the store I worked at doing that shit. But I don't necessarily care for the SoundCloud rapper style. Maybe I'm just old at 30 years old. Maybe I'm just old. I'm an old white dude who knows nothing. But... Unfortunately, I'm just learning that maybe his music isn't for me, but I can respect it. There are songs that I think are actually really fucking good, though. I love the song uh, Future Wicked on his first album. I love the song Denial. I'm finding that I think one of Weege's strengths that he does not do nearly, nearly enough, honestly, is him singing. I love hearing him sing. His singing voice honestly reminds me a lot of Ritz. And it's it's almost like a nasally thing, but it's not. But him singing on Denial, on Dead Diary from Resistance 1, on Where I Belong from Resistance 2, those are the tracks that have stood out to me the most, and that's because he sings. He doesn't necessarily sing on the entire thing, but... It's something that changes up the kind of monotony that I've gotten from the rest of the other music. Unfortunately, this EP, this mixtape, does not do that for me. This is half the tracks 
of the last couple EPs. This is only eight songs long. It is not produced by Devereaux, which has been... He's been a staple on Ouija's stuff, so I'm kind of surprised. I unfortunately don't know... Let's see, does it show... It doesn't show on here who the actual producer is. I might have to look online, but I have no idea. But it's a different sound, but not for Ouija. I did like the title track a lot, Zodiac. I've only listened to this once so far, so it's gonna. I'm going to have to give it some more time. That's the thing I'm finding, is I just need to give these more time. I can't assume that I'm going to get hooked off of one listen. It happens, but not as often as it used to. I just need to give stuff a little bit more time, a little bit more tender love, let it, you know, seep through my ears and really, really think about it. Which brings me to the other CD that I just listened to yesterday. And that is Big Hoodoo's The Hoodoo Chronicles Part 1, The Red Book. I listened to this immediately after I listened to Zodiac, and I got very, very pissed off. Because I want to know who told Hoodoo that he was supposed to wait until now to release this work of fucking art. I said it. I said it. Big Hoodoo is somebody who I think has kind of gotten... I don't want to say he's gotten a raw deal. I think that he was kind of forced into a spot that he should have been eased into. If I remember correctly, when he first came on Psychopathic, his album Crystal Skull was one of the first releases that was put out by Psychopathic after Twisted Left. So obviously you got a new guy on the label with face paint. He has a witch doctor style gimmick with face paint. People are going to automatically assume that that's what they're trying to do is to erase Twisted. Granted, this is at a time where there was no beef between Psychopathic and Twisted, but that's irrelevant right now. Crystal Skull has some good songs. I think the main single, Hex, was great. The Raven was good. The track Mountain Climbing with Violent J and... Um... Oh, man. Awesome Dre. My God, how did I forget that? I thought those were fantastic. But the rest of the album just kind of felt like paint-by-numbers, but Hoodoo almost sounded a little bit awkward in it. Okay, fine. He has time to improve. Second album's going to be better, right? Eh. Asylum comes out. I listened to it a couple times, and aside from three tracks, maybe? I don't remember much of it. Running For My Magic was on the Psycho EP that was given out at The Gathering that year, so I remember that one, mostly because it was using the same sample that ICP used on Ringmaster. Then... Oh my god, not Ringmaster. Ugh, kick my ass, please. Great Malenko. Ugh. Clearly I'm tired. But that song, Boom Boom Piggy, was honestly a fire fucking track. And 
I can't remember what it's called. I think it's Monster Squad. It basically had everybody who was on Psychopathic at the time, including DJ Paul, which I thought was a big deal. Those are the only tracks that I can remember from it. So we get nothing for a while, and then it was announced that he and ABK, and at one point Bones Dub of AMB, were combining to jo- to become the group, essentially, the have-nots. Now, I think that Bones Dub was only on one track that was ever released. I haven't heard it. But they did release the, I think it's called the Low Budget EP, or maybe it was just called Have-nots, I can't remember, which was, I think, five or six tracks long, and is a work of goddamn art. I remember hearing it and thinking... ABK is good as always because some of his best work is when he's working with someone else. And Hoodoo, I think, really stepped up his game. Have Nots was really good and was the best Hoodoo that I had heard yet. May not necessarily have been Hoodoo, it may have had a more Do-Dublis sound, but the dude I was hearing was good. And I think December of 2018, I believe, Hoodoo releases the song Bitch I'm Gone. It's a fucking great track. It sounds really good, and it sounds like nothing that was on the prior two albums, so obviously we're excited to hear the rest of the project, which we never got. Until this past week. That track, as well as ten others, were put out. I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't know if it still is, but for some reason the album is free to download on Google Play. Go check it out. It's really weird that it's on Google Play, but it's not on YouTube Music, which is Google's official streaming service now. Go figure. But anyways, you can download it for free there. I think it's also on Spotify. It's probably on Apple Music. I don't know. I don't stream. I'm old school. I still buy the CDs. Anyways. Who to announces at... Uh, it was, I think, back in July that he was listening to final mixes of the album. And then all of a sudden... He shows us a cover art done by Tom Wood at the beginning of last week. And he's like, hey, album comes out on this day. Which was, I think, the Friday or I think technically the Saturday, but regardless. And we're just like, I'm sorry, what? Physical albums on his site. That was a big shocker, too. Let's point out that Big Hoodoo is still officially a member of Psychopathic Records. Weijimac, still a member of Psychopathic Records. These releases, not put out by Psychopathic Records. (laughs) Now, before I get into the actual music, I'm just going to say this. I paid $10 plus shipping for the Big Hoodoo CD. It is in a jewel case. It has a insert that folds open and has some info on the tracks. Weijimac Zodiac. Eight songs, autographed copy, $27, cardboard sleeve. I think there's a problem here. Someone better change it. At 11 tracks, just under 50 minutes long. So it's respectful of your time. This is no joke. At the moment, one of my top five releases of 2020. And I have no problem saying that. From the first song, bars, hooks, 
so fucking like I've only heard it once. I've only heard this album once. And somehow that gave me all that I needed to say that this is a one of the best releases that I've heard in the last at this point 10 months. You're fucking kidding me. But it's true. It's absolutely true. The production on this is something that I have needed for a while, where a lot of the music that I've been hearing nowadays, especially within rap, has been of a slower tempo. This is not. A good two-thirds of this or more is fairly high energy, and that's definitely what I want from my rap music. I think I was born in the wrong era of listening to rap. I should have been born in, like, 85, so I got to listen to rap of, like, Literally 1990 and up when it was more fast-paced. Just give me some old-school, like, New York shit. I don't know. Everything on here is so good. We get a track with ICP. We haven't had them do a feature on somebody else's stuff in ages. I think, honestly, it might have either been Light or Ouija, but still. ICP haven't been featured on something else in a while. Now, granted, I think that Jay's voice is too cartoony for what he was trying to say. I get it. They're clowns. But I want the Jay voice of 2004 back. Ugh. The stuff we heard on our last episode from Hell's Pit, give me that voice again. It's so good. Just gritty and dark. That's what I want. Sometimes hearing him say, like, some of the shit that was on Fearless Red Fury doesn't sound great because of the voice he had for it. Everything on this album, though, I, I, I can't can't state it enough. Go ahead and check it out. It's really good. Yes, I will complain that there are some unskippable skits that are at the ends of some songs. No album is perfect. But at this point, I'm just learning to deal with it. Do yourself a favor and go and check that out. It's a really damn good album. I think that you'll enjoy it. If you like Big Hoodoo, that is. If you don't like Big Hoodoo, but you like Psychopathic Records, you like Juggalogic music in general, go ahead and check it out. If you like just rap music in general, fucking check it out. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. Just go check it out. Fucking check it out. One that I totally forgot about was Sawed Off. You remember Sawed Off, right? ABK's Alter Ego on Riders. He released an EP just on, I think it was Labor Day, was when they put out physical copies, but they put it up on YouTube. <laughs> we got spoiled with, with Riders style music this year. We haven't had an official Riders project since. Oh man, was that 2011? I think 2011, 2012 was when we had um, Eat Shit and Die and uh, Backdoor Riders. EP and the and Eat Shit and Die was the LP. So we hadn't had those in ages. And uh, we got MNE release The Riders, which had officially, I think, 23 members. It's not even an exaggeration. Uh, it was not only people from magic ninja but also uh, people like buckshot and class were on it red was on it so 
they had a, they had a bit of everything on there for for whoever you enjoyed. And so we get a sawed off EP, a solo EP. I think it was called the Lone Rider. It's fun. It is legitimately really fun. ABK always puts out some consistent music. Go ahead and check it out on um, on his YouTube. You can just type in the Lone Rider, and I think it'll show up. It should be you might have just type in sawed off, but go give it a, go give it a listen. And if you enjoy it, go ahead and pick up a physical copy. It comes in the most bootleg looking sleeve ever and I think that that adds a bit of the appeal to it but it's fun ABK does some some good rhymes on it I was I think there was only one instrumental that I recognized and that was Rack City so he, he pulled quite a bit far back for that one but I enjoyed it it's it's a fairly short EP too I think it's only seven songs the intro track is literally just like a like a hype up track. It's there's no lo- actual lyrics, but man, it's fun. ABK, good job, good job. We needed that today. We needed that this year. Now, if only psychopathic riders would come back. <laughs> Who knows? And I have two others that I'm going to discuss real quick. Then these have nothing to do with what we have been discussing. I was unaware that Machine Gun Kelly had released a new album. Technically, it was last week. And that it was a pop-punk record. And so, I had heard one of the songs before. uh, The track Bloody Valentine, which is on the new uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 remaster. And I was like, oh, okay, I like that song. It's cool. I actually have heard a bit of one of another song on TikTok. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was MGK. So I checked it out. And, okay, there's there's multiple versions of this album. I guess the regular version has 15 songs. There is a digital version with 21 songs. It's called the Sold Out Edition. And then there is a version that Target has that has 19 songs, but three of the songs on that version are not on that sold-out deluxe. It's really fucking annoying. I got the digital version first because it was included in these bundle packages that he had. I checked that out. I did buy the Target version after the the fact, but I haven't heard those extra three songs. This was produced by Travis Barker. So, if you are a fan of Blink-182, it's going to sound like that. Just with a guy who <laughs> has clearly never done pop-punk before, but also kind of has to rely on autotune. MGK generally stays within his range, which is totally fine. There's actually even a cover of Misery Business by Paramore on the, the various deluxe editions. And he doesn't do anything that's egregious or offensive to that song he plays it pretty straight he just does it in a lower octave i've seen some people very very angry online that that he covered it and i don't really see why maybe it's because i'm not a huge like paramore nut i i like paramore don't get me wrong but he doesn't do anything bad to the song it's a respectable cover didn't mind it but 
The tracks are fairly short. Bloody Valentine is the longest track at not even three and a half minutes long. There's a lot of songs on there that are just over two minutes. So it breezes by really quick. If you like pop punk, go ahead and give it a listen. I actually, I really, really enjoyed it. It was very, very fun. I think it wasn't anything that I really needed to process or overly think about. It was just fun. I listened to it in the car earlier and enjoyed it a lot. So go ahead and check it out if you like pop punk. I kind of fell off of MGK for a while, mostly because of the uh, Rap Devil track that he did against Eminem. I'll say it now. Eminem retaliated way better. That's it. But this has nothing to do with that. The album is called Take Us to My Downfall. So go ahead and give that a listen. If you're into that stuff, maybe you'll like it. Maybe you won't, but, you know, opinions are opinions. And I have one final one that I'm going to discuss, and I'm going to try not to talk about it too much because I know that this is going a bit long. And that's Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor released a actual solo record called CMFT. I remember whenever it was announced and I first heard the track CMFT Must Be Stopped, which features, I think his name is Kid, Kid Bookie. I'll feel really bad because I'm not able to actually look at it right now. Uh, but it also features Tech 9 And that video is very self-indulgent, but very fun. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I think on the same day, they also released the track Black Eyes Blue, which kind of sounds like a Stone Sour song, I guess. And I was like, okay, I can get behind this. And so I pick it up. I get the autographed copy, which the autograph is literally a C. So that is the laziest autograph I've ever gotten. It's very pathetic. And at 13 songs, I think, at just around 50 minutes long, I was baffled at what I was listening to. First off, that track I mentioned, The CMFT Must Be Stopped, was the second to last song. Terrible placement on this record. I was happy when I got to it because I wanted something familiar. It's almost as though Corey Taylor decided that all he wanted to listen to for a while was Hinder, and Theory of a Dead Man, and just make an album like that. Because, dear God, that's what the majority of this record sounds like. It's so, so weird. I'm not a huge Slipknot fan. I'm not a huge Stone Sour fan. I like stuff by those bands, don't get me wrong. But I wouldn't call myself, you know, a huge Slipknot fan. I'm not, uh, what, what are they, Maggots, I think is what, what Slipknot fans are. Um, I am not huge on Stone Sour, but I see the appeal in it. I don't know what I expected on this record, but I didn't really get it. And for a while, I was like, okay, the second half is stronger, but the second to last song, no, not second to last, the, the track that's before CMFT Must Be Stopped is so slow and just, it, it drags. The pacing of the album is very, very weird, but for a guy who from what it seems like, is very anti-radio, like, paint-by-numbers music. This is very paint-by-numbers. And it's so, so weird. I don't know. 
while I didn't dislike it, I'm going to have to, again, as I've been saying, give it some more time and digest it more because it just seems so left field. At one point, there's a track that's very like swing style, which I don't mind, but I wouldn't have expected it. I think I just wanted a little bit more of the heavy Corey Taylor that I know exists, and this is not that. This is not meant to be a Slipknot album, and that's totally fine, but I think that we needed a little bit more warning as to what we were getting with this record, because it's just very, very weird. And I think it's only going to appeal to people who are A, super huge Corey Taylor fans, or people who just like average rock music. Maybe that's really rude for me to say, but I just remember hearing it and just being like, I don't get it. <laughs> but damn, did Tech lay a good-ass verse on CMFT Must Be Stopped. <laughs> I love it. I love everything about that song. That song is fucking great. <laughs> it's dumb, but it's fucking great. It's just a fun song. I listen to a lot of music, y'all. A lot of music. Shit. But that's why I get to do stuff like this. I don't think that I have any other ones that I need to talk about. I think I've talked about pretty much all that I can. And that's going to be good because in two more weeks, I'll have like another four or five CDs to maybe talk about. Oh, dear God. We'll see what happens at that point. With that said, I think I'm going to sign off. Thank you, as always, for continuing to listen to Juggalo Judgment. Thank you for giving this episode a try. If you really enjoy it and you want me to continue doing these, please let me know. As always, you can hit us up on the Juggalo Judgment Twitter and Instagram or Facebook you know, it's Juggalo Judgment pretty much everywhere. Since these ones are mine, should I just give my own personal info strictly? Juggalo Judgment doesn't need all this. This is me. You can catch me on Twitter at MikeSpawnSEJ. You can catch my Instagram at StraightEdgeJuggalo. With that, I think I'm going to sign off. Again, thank you as always. Take it easy. Much love to y'all. Bye-bye.